0: Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox, and this is also Raven Spell in the background. <laughs> I hope that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this swirling energies of various types of time, <laughs> whether your time is speeding up or slowing down or your time is stopping completely. So you could hop on to another timeline, no matter what's going on in your world right now, I hope that you are able to commit to yourself and your own personal growth, that you be brave and, and very valiant in your quest to commit to your own personal, uh, mental, and emotional health. I have been talking to a few people, one in particular, who gave me every excuse in the book yesterday as to why she can't see a counselor. And she says, well, you know, there's things in my past. I'm like, that's why you need to see a counselor. Well, there's things I don't want to come out. Well, to who the counselor who is bound by the law to keep your secrets. If it's something that you've done Illegally, Don't talk about that to the counselor. Talk about why you're so angry all the time or why you don't talk to your parents or why do you have such a hatred swirling about you to the point where you snap every time someone says the wrong word or, you know, jumps out and says, boo, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to pick on this one person because that's not necessarily Um, her issues specifically, but there's a lot of things that we tell ourselves, right? There's a lot of excuses that we tell ourselves when we uh, know (laughs) that we do need to go see a counselor. We do need help. We have crap in our past that is holding us back emotionally. It's stunting our growth as people. It's affecting our ability to grow spiritually because Just saying positive things and saying a positive mantra every day without dealing first with your shadow work is not going to make you more spiritual. It's just going to make you more pissed off down the line. It's going to make you snap and say the wrong things to people. And honestly, the way I look at it is you, my friend and, and you listening to this and all the people out there, including myself, we only have this time. This is the last time we're going to be on this earthly plane in this dimension. This is the end of the line, guys. This is it. So this is the only chance that we have to make things right in our own mind and in our own hearts. And the only way that we're going to jump and be light enough to raise up to the fifth dimension and anchor in to the higher vibration, the high bit of positivity is if we first look at the crap that's happened to us, forgive the people that did the things to us that made us broken or wounded or traumatized in the first place And then after you forgive them, you have to love them unconditionally, regardless of what they continue to do or say, you just love them. Now, if you're unable to do that and admit it to yourself, you don't have to tell me anything. I'm not your therapist, but if you're able to tell the people around you, I forgive you and I love you no matter what. And you don't have to tell them directly. You could write it in a letter. You could burn it. Don't tell them directly if it's uncomfortable, but you do need to face those things inside yourself. Now you don't have to tell the them that is them in a corporeal form (laughs) at your work or, you know, your parents in their, in their home. You don't have to go there, but there is a version of them that lives and resides takes up space without paying rent inside your head. And those are the ghosts of your past. And until you get help, they're going to last. They're going to stay there. They're not going anywhere. They're going to torture and taunt you forever. You might remember them a certain way. And 30 years later, you actually run into the person and now they're feeble, old, dilapidated, run down, crusty old farts that, you know, have nothing to do with the people in your head. And you're still angry at their 40 year old self, but now they're like 70 and they're decrepit. They're old. They're like already totally different people, you know, like four times over, you know, we have, we grow a brand new body every seven Years. And during that time, we grow a new mind too. We grow physically a brand new body from head to toe. All of your cells are brand new every seven years. And if you've been holding on to some of this shit for more than seven years, the people you're angry at are brand new people and you're still mad at who they used to be. Excuse me. I'm having an allergy attack out of nowhere, <laughs> but you're still mad at them, but they're not them anymore. They're not the them that you remember. They're not the, the person who was angry at you that one day, 10 years ago that said that one thing that sent you into a, you know, a trigger warning or a tailspin that is still pissing you off all these years later and they probably don't even freaking remember it. They probably don't remember that day. They probably don't remember that week. It was stressful. They probably repressed it. Or if they do remember it, maybe they've already seen their priest or their rabbi or their counselor or their psychiatrist about it. They've already worked and hashed it out. And here you are still suffering from some shit that doesn't even exist anymore, except in your mind. How many times do you have to go to bed crying your heart out, you know, falling asleep on a tear-soaked pillow? How many times do you uh, find yourself seething with anger? And if you've gotten cancer from that, how many times do you need to battle cancer before you realize that's emotional shit inside your body? that if you had only seen a counselor about it, a right away, you wouldn't even be here in this position right now. How many opportunities has this cost you? How many times have you been passed over for promotion at work because of your outbursts? How many times do you have to apologize to the people that truly have your back? Your rider dies. How many times do you have to say, I'm sorry to those people, who truly love you and only wish for you to have the best in your life when it's not even, you know, their fault, but you're taking it out on them repeatedly over and over and over again, because you're not ready to heal yourself. How many of you have isolated yourself from the human race because you feel like you're not a good enough person When in fact you are, you're just a lazy person that didn't do the work, right? (laughs) I'm going to tough love you guys. This is a tough love Monday. (laughs) But (laughs) I've been thinking about this because of also people like strangers, perfect strangers online have said shit to me um, and to you, to everybody. There's the unhealed people roving around like sharks, biting our fucking heads off. And it has nothing to do with us. And we're just like, whoa, are you okay there, Missy? (laughs) I'm sorry, senor. Uh, You want to try that again? I'm not your enemy, yo. (laughs) You're out there trolling for somebody to be mad at. And the person you're really mad at is a phantom in your head. Usually, and then your reaction to everyone around you, hurting everyone's feelings around you. And then the person you're mad at is you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so I have a, yeah. Hi baby. She's like, you preach it sister here. You want to say hi to the people? Oh, she's cuddling with it. She feels bad. She doesn't want anyone to hurt anymore. What do you think, Knowledge Raven Spell? You were injured. Do you forgive the person who injured you? Do you forgive that baby cat? She's like, no comment. <laughs> I love you, baby girl. She's wants mommy to pet her. Her little sore is half covered in brand new skin already. I'm so excited. I mean, for about four days, I saw nothing happening and it was festering, and she wouldn't let me clean it. Oh my God. But now she's actually getting better. The antibiotics are working. We had a touch and go situation yesterday. I almost had to take her into the vet. We almost had an emergency, right, girl? She knows we did. She was throwing up all over the place and had diarrhea and she had a fever yesterday. It was, Oh my God, it was terrible. So the mini knowledge Raven spell report that we do now, she's giving me kitty kisses from her brand new pizza box. I had to order pizza and have it delivered yesterday because I did not want to leave her alone for an hour because she was, it was pretty bad. She was pretty sick and I, there was no way in hell I was gonna leave my cat alone when she's going through the crap she was going through. <laughs> But I know what it's like when, oh, look, I just looked. It was 11 minutes, 33 seconds in. And by the way, I started this at 722. <laughs> so <clears throat> I know what it's like, you know, um, to walk down the street and feel like if anyone so much as gives me a side eye, I'm going to punch their face into that wall. <laughs> you know, I that was pretty much... Me ages, uh, you know, well, pretty much my entire teenage years, even into my adulthood, teenage years, 18, 19, even on into 20. And um, a friend of mine, a dear, dear, beautiful, wonderful, sweet, loving, amazing friend of mine said, you know what? maybe you need to see a counselor (laughs) and I'm like, okay, fine. And she says, and let me know how it goes. (laughs) So I did, I started seeing a woman, um, and God bless her. She's like an incredible therapist. She was an older woman and, um, her name was Catherine house and she was in Santa Barbara. Um, I think Goleta actually, um, in California. And, So if you happen to be in the area, look her up because she's an excellent therapist. And I just told her, I I walk down the street and I'm picking points on people. Where am I gonna kick them or punch them or, or shove them? How am I gonna fuck them up and ruin their day? And if they look at me, if they touch me, if they do anything violent, man, I'm gonna kill them with my bare hands. I'll rip their head off. You know? (laughs) I mean, I literally said that to my counselor and she says, well, all right. Sounds like you've got some anger there. I'm like, yeah, you think, you know, I was like so bad. And she was like this sweet person. And, I. and she made me, um, she rolled up a, a magazine and she taped it with a duct tape and she had this stump with an angry devil face drawn on with Sharpie marker. And the stump itself was like, um, it was hilarious. It had like a little gold handle, like a little brass handle on the side, and little wheels on the bottom, and it had um, this weird little face that she had drawn on top, and and it was covered in um, this uh, thick, uh, I guess it was epoxy, so or 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 some kind of like a lacquer, right? So it's this shiny wooden stump. I mean, it still had the bark, I think on the outside maybe. And I can't even remember what the outside of it looks like. I mean, it's been a lot of years, but, um, she wheels it over with (laughs) with a tiny little brass handle and she says, okay, well pretend the stump is the person you're mad at and tell them that you didn't deserve that abuse. That makes you so angry. So I remember kind of muttering under my breath, well, I, I didn't really deserve that. You know, I didn't really, she's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> ah! I was like, well, okay. I didn't deserve that. I said in a normal voice, she's like, well, tell to the stump. You know, the way you walk down, you know, you walk down the street directing your anger at anyone who would look at you wrong. You know, someone says something and you freak out. I mean, you guys, I, I had, I lost jobs, dude. I was fired for being angry. <laughs> so, I mean, I know. You know, the angriest man in Brooklyn guys remember that movie? That was me, you know, anger management. That's another one. (laughs) I mean, you know, that movie was, it was about someone that this guy made this guy overly angry and he got in a lot of trouble with the law. And that wasn't me. I didn't get in trouble with the law. I could have though. I mean, it might've led towards that, you know, if I hadn't found Catherine house And so she's like, come on, I can't hear you. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't deserve that. She's like, hit the stump and and, and tell him, put all the anger into the the magazine and the stump, you know? And I was like, okay, okay. um, um," And I hesitated and it took me, oh my God. I had to go to a session every day for, I would have to say two or three months before I could actually utter an angry word above a normal tone of voice. I didn't want to freak her out. She's like, I've seen it all. I don't care. You know, hit the stump, you know, and finally I was like, I don't deserve that shit. You're a total, you know, every bleep, bleep, beep, beep, every expletive you can imagine. And you know what? I felt like a fucking moron. (laughs) I felt like such an idiot. And then I put myself down and then I had to be angry about putting myself down. And then I had to hit the stump for putting myself down and on and on and on it went. And she gave me homework, things to work on at home. And then she pulled out a basket of um, little tiny stuffed animals. And she said, which one do you relate to the most? I'm like, well, it's not easy being green. (laughs) So I'm picking Kermit the frog. And that was my little tiny, you know, that was my little tiny therapy doll. And she's like, okay, now imagine that this is your little young self. I'm like, I did not actually look like this. And I was like laughing again. I feel like a fucking moron. This feels ridiculous. But she said, just try it. Just try it, you know? And so I had this little therapy doll and I talked to it every week. And as soon as I was able, like months go by again, two or three months before I could even look myself in the eye, in the mirror before I could even love myself, before I could even admit I love myself before I could even actually feel it genuinely. And then she said, you could take your little self home. Now this part of, you know, you're integrated now you're okay. And then that, that was the beginning of my healing. I still went to therapy for, I would have to say another year with her. And then I went to I moved to another city and I went to therapy again. Um and I think I tried to go to therapy again, but that therapist told one of my um secrets that could have gotten me and her killed to her boyfriend. And wasn't funny that he and his company were trying to hire somebody and um, I went to the job interview and he's like, Oh, I know you. And he started spilling my secrets in front of my best friends. So I went back to her and I said, I'm never going to see you again. And she's like, well, What expl- explanation do I give to my. Supervisor. I'm like, well, why don't you tell her that you can't keep my secrets to yourself and you're a terrible counselor and you probably need to maybe sell cars or something for a living. You know, <laughs> I was just like, and I was able to be angry appropriately. I wasn't screaming and yelling at her. I just said my piece and I'm like, I'm out of here, baby. Put that gun blow it off, put it back in the holster without even firing it. Right. <laughs> and I knew that Catherine had healed me from that heavy duty anger, you know, and the people that I was mad at moved on with their lives. The people I, you know, my parents basically, um, my, my, uh, step-mom and mostly, and you know, who beat me up as like even an eight year old, you know, who beats up an eight year old? Like, you know, the physical violence that I had seen like from a very young and tender age and becoming very cynical and hating everybody. I mean, I've been through a lot of shit, right? And I'm not here just to complain to you guys about the shit I've been through. I'm over it. I I'm healed from it. You know, God bless her. I love her. And you know, she's, you know, somewhere, I don't know where, but she did die. (laughs) I don't know if she's, you know, out there somewhere, you know, looking down at me or looking up at me. I don't know which way that went, but You know, either way, I did forgive her. And my last time I saw her, I hugged her and told her genuinely that I love her. Did I trust her? Fuck no. Not with my kids. Not to be alone with her. No. But did I love her and respect her for at least trying? Yeah, I did. And it took years to realize that I actually came here to help her with her anger issues. You know, and as an empath, I took them on <laughs> and I became the epitome of her anger issues like a walking anger, like I was like a walking pincushion, you know. And if you guys are a walking pincushion, or if you have anything from your childhood that you haven't fully integrated and healed and you know, let go of already, if there's certain You know, things you like, if you can't watch a certain TV show or hear a certain theme song or, you know, a certain picture, you know, um, I knew somebody who I thought was a very strong and amazing person. And I always looked up to her until one day she, I saw her, um, look at a picture of Marilyn Monroe, um, it was one of uh, Marilyn Monroe's nudes. And I thought, God, she's such a beautiful woman. My God, in every way, shape and form. I loved her acting. She just had a comedic sense of timing, you know, and people just thought she was dumb because she had, you know, kind of a soft voice, but she actually was a, a tough old broad and she had a lot of, um, she had a lot of moxie. She was, she was a pretty cool person. She had her, you know, her problems, of course, you know, um, drugs, obviously she took too many drugs and showed up late and she wasn't responsible, but she had some unhealed shit too. You know, I mean, just cause you're a famous movie star doesn't mean you have a, you know, that you've healed everything in your life, you know, and some people argue that actors go into acting so that they can work some of that stuff out through their roles. Right. So, um, and sure that does work, but you probably need to see a therapist too. everybody needs a Catherine house in their life for sure. Um, she did a great deal of, um, you know, loving help. She did a, a great deal of, um, repair in my life, you know, whereas other people had done a great deal of damage. So, um, if you have any damage, you need to fix it and you can't continuously think of excuses. You know, like my friend yesterday was saying, one excuse after another. Well, you know, it's not secure to, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, don't see anybody in your state. In fact, you could go on an app and see somebody from Australia over an app for 30 bucks. You can see somebody for, you know, you know, it's like 30 bucks a week, right? You can go ahead and see someone in London or somewhere else. You know, you might get a therapist from New Zealand over an app. You know, don't give them your address. You know, if you're afraid of someone arresting you, and she's like, "Well, no one's gonna arrest me. That was a long time ago. It's not gonna, you know, it's nothing like that." I'm like, "Okay, well, what are you worried about? Well, it's not scared. It's not private. I'm like, are you famous? Are you an actor? Are, is it gonna come to light and the whole wide world's gonna talk about you and the paparazzi be following you around asking questions?" She's like, mm, "You know, no. You know, I'm like, of course not. Because guess what? Nobody cares." Everybody has shit. Everybody has shit. Don't worry about it. It's actually in vogue to be authentic, to be your authentic self. It is actually in style to care about your mental health, to love up on yourself. You know, you cannot commit to another human being until you commit to being a better person, a healed person. You owe that to yourself and you owe that to your future partner. Because if you are an unhealed person, you're only going to attract other unhealed people. That's it. You know, you have to commit to loving yourself and healing yourself and stop making excuses as to why you have not already done those things that you need to do for your own mental and emotional health. You're going to feel a lot better. You deserve to wake up in peace and happiness. You deserve to wake up with a smile on your face instead of, um, you know, waking up angry or waking up with sorrow, waking up with sadness, waking up with depression that you woke up. (laughs) I had those days where I woke up screaming and yelling. I had days where I woke up, absolutely depressed as fuck, you know, wishing I didn't wake up. I had those days. I had those mornings and now all I have is beautiful, amazing mornings. I wake up even if my morning starts at two in the afternoon or if I sleep until noon or, you know, sometimes I wake up at nine in the morning. Sometimes I wake up four in the afternoon. My sleep schedule is really, really off, but If my cat could get on here and tell you, she would attest to the fact that I wake up every morning or afternoon and I say to her, good morning, I love you, and I'm so happy we're together every day. I'm grateful for my life. I say hello to Prime Creator because my father and I are one. I hear his voice. He tells me what I should think about today or what I should focus on today. And those sharks that come around trying to bite your head off, whether it's people you've never met before or random people, randos online, you know, trying to tell you this and that and the other thing, like over the weekend, um, there was some, uh, video I saw about, it was, it looked like a shadow person. I said, this looks like a shadow person because it's coming across on film as a black shadow. And you know, he's like looking both ways before crossing the street and then he's like going across and is like really this really eerie video. And I'm like, this looks like a shadow person, you know. This was on um Coast to Coast I Am with Art Bell like god over twenty years ago. And um, you know, might even have been thirty years that people have been talking about this. So it's well known, you know, it's well known. And this person said, Oh no, it's a ghost. I've seen ghosts. This person died on this earthly plane and everyone has energy and spirit. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you know, I've been, you know, traveling throughout South America and, um, releasing spirits back to heaven. That's my job. It's what I do. And then this person said, there's no such thing as shadow people. I'm like, all you need to do is look up shadow people, art bell on YouTube and you're going to find the interview. There's so many interviews about it. Then you could find the name of the researcher and see what it is I'm talking about before you spout off about something you literally and clearly know nothing about. And you know, this person kept coming at me again and again and again for like three fucking days, like, you know, saying what's wrong with everything I'm saying. And I just said, Hey, you could go find the researcher to understand what it is before you talk about it, you might want to learn more about what other people think it is and then come back and give me an informed opinion, you know, and this person just went on and on about how she started attacking me, saying stuff about, you know, she's dealt with demons and demons have this and they have that. And she's surrounded by demons all the time and she knows what she's doing and she knows how to take, Spirit attachments from people. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with the picture you saw. You know, you're talking about what you do know, but you've spent all this time trying to argue with a stranger online instead of taking 30 minutes of your life and listening to a quick little interview about what this actually is. Because, hey, and she's like, well, you just idolize our build. I'm like, I don't idolize anybody, but I do love and honor and respect the man who was like the number one radio talk show host in the world for over four decades, you know, and for the record, I, in the last incarnation of his show, when he did an internet based show, I was one of his news Writers, I wrote the weird news for him. He, my name was in his mouth several times on the air for that. To me, that's one of the greatest honors of my life, you know, because I respect the hell out of this guy. I mean, I've been listening to him since I was 14 years old, you know? So, I was just like totally flabbergasted. I'm like, this obviously is some tween who has a lot of angst against anybody who's over the age of 20. You know, (laughs) it's the way this person was coming across, you know, if they were older than that, obviously just an unhealed person. I was just like, dude, I'm like, you know what? You're not even on my level. I, I just need to never conversate with you again. You know, you can't even do the research. You can't even do your, you know, keep your mind open and, you know, a a mind is like a parachute. It only functions when open, you know, (laughs) something art bell was fond of saying. And and I was thinking about him even before this insanity on Instagram happened. I literally had to block this person again. I'm just like, Oh my God, how many people have I I had to unblock, you know? (laughs) And what's funny to me is they're all unhealed. I said, you know, there you're obviously an unhealed person that is continuously and constantly attracting other unhealed people with spirit attachments. And you're obviously attracting demons by the dozen, you know, there's a reason for that. I mean, demons, I'll see demons coming towards me. And when they see me, they freak out and run the other way. They fly away. I've seen it happen again and again. They know they're not allowed in my house. They don't come anywhere near me. Why? Because I'm a healed person. I did my due diligence. I committed to loving myself, accepting and respecting myself. I committed to healing the inner demons. And now the outer demons can't fucking touch me. That's the way it is. It is what it is because I did the fucking work. So. You know, it is what it is. So I just, you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about all this stuff. And then my friend came at me with this really unhealed attitude yesterday. And I'm like, you just need to go to, you know, it's only, you take what, two, three months, you commit to yourself two, three months. And suddenly you're waking up to freaking ideas of roses and butterflies and great, big, beautiful blue skies of puffy white clouds. You deserve these kinds of thoughts. You know, you don't deserve to wake up looking at the mud and saying you hate the fucking dirt. You know, when it, when that's where the flowers grow, man, look up a little bit, just lift your head one foot to see those beautiful flower faces looking at you, trying their damnedest to bring you joy, you know? I mean, that's the way I look at at this. Like, I'm not telling you guys something that I think you should do because I've never been through it. I'm telling you guys what I have been through, what I have done for myself and what you, if I could do it, you guys, you can easily do it. You're probably not walking down the street. Like you might have an angry attitude, but you're probably not walking down the street Thinking about how you could kill everybody you see, <laughs> you know. I mean, I wasn't wanting to kill anybody. I've never killed anybody. Knock on wood. I don't know. Hopefully, where's the wood? Yo, know? <laughs> there's no wood. Where the hell's the wood? Here we go. Yo, know, knock on wood. I'll never, ever kill anybody. I almost killed somebody with my Thanksgiving dinner once, but that's because he was an unhealthy person to begin with. <laughs> you don't take care of your gallbladder. Don't come to my house for Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> I mean, I cook with so much butter and olive oil. You're probably going to die from it. (laughs) If you come at me with an unhealthy body, it's just like the way it is. Oh man. But so anyway, this is the way that I look at it is that if you heal yourself and you get to that point where (sighs) you could wake up and you have little to no anxiety. And if you do have a little bit of anxiety, you can just take a deep breath And then you could just let it go. (sighs) And now you feel good. I mean, I used to be on medicine for anxiety and now I don't need it. Sometimes I smoke a little weed, you know, when the anxiety people around me gets to be a little bit much. And then I can focus with the weed on healing what I've picked up in the streets, literally from the people around me when I feel my twin flame feeling a little bit too anxious, you know, yesterday I was pulling it in from my cat boy. She was sick to her stomach. Oh my God. And I started to get sick too because I was pulling. I shared half of her burden with her. She still was sick, but she got better within after me pulling it out of her. I would say what you were better in two hours, right girl. She's kind of blinking at me a little, She was done in two hours. Like, you know, it was just like a quick, she had a fever. And then I just, I put in a prayer request on silent unity. I prayed for her. I pulled the energy in. I just started breathing through it. And I healed my own nausea, diarrhea. I was feeling the same thing she was feeling. And I know that I was taking it from her because I did not have to take medicine for the diarrhea that I was having. And I was like, okay, that tells me I was an empath and taking all this from her because if I could heal myself within like an hour from something like that, then I'm not actually sick. I was just helping her. So you cannot heal anyone else until you've healed yourself. You cannot have a loving, positive, radiant, healthy relationship unless you have one with yourself first. So put yourself first on this Monday night. Commit to yourself. Commit to loving yourself. Commit to the work. I know it's hard and I'm here for you. If you want to talk about it, you could write to me at mermaidgirl888. But I'm not going to hold your hand and enable you (laughs) to continue to hurt yourself. You know, emotionally. Well, I can't because it's private. But no one cares. If you're not famous, nobody cares about, you know, that your great uncle Jack touched you inappropriately or that your mom slapped you across the face in the mall. You know, it's embarrassing, but no one cares about it except in the way in which they'll probably feel love and compassion for you. If you're working on healing that from your psyche, they will feel pity for you. If you continue To be angry at them, though, for the next two, three, four years or four decades. It depends on what kind of life you want to live, honestly. You know, um, it's just, it is what it is. I know what can happen when you're consistently angry, though. You can get cancer in your body, you know, and I did. I did. I was angry at my ex-husband for treating me as, as badly as he did. Um, when we were getting a divorce, how he treated my kids and I couldn't resolve it. And I was just trying to like live day to day. And I ended up with cancer for a while, three weeks. In fact, I cured it in three weeks. And I, when it happened, when I got the tumors in my skin, I was like, oh shit. And then I realized it was, oh man, I need to heal this. And I healed it. I physically healed it with the, the juices. If you need the recipe again, write me at, at mermaid girl, eight, eight, eight on Instagram. I will give you the recipe for free and only ask in return that you tell as many people as humanly possible. This recipe help save lives with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I cured that in three weeks and it never came back because I healed the emotional components that came along with it. I had to forgive the situation, myself, my part in it had to forgive him, had to love him actively. You know, like I had to send that love out into the universe, wherever the hell he is. I'm sure he's out there somewhere looking up at me. (laughs) That one I think I know about, (laughs) I know where he is. (laughs) I'm not sure if he's gotten out of hell or not, but (laughs) the door to hell is always open and we put ourselves in hell while we're here on earth. And you know what? That door to hell is always open. You can leave anytime you like, or you can just continue to make excuses and, and, Until you push everyone in your life away and get cancer. It's up to you. You know, it's just, you're not definitely going to, no one's definitely getting cancer, but it's a possibility. Why put yourself in the path of something that fucking heinous? Why? When you can just have a couple uncomfortable hours with a therapist, one uncomfortable hour a week. It's not that hard, really. Have a few uncomfortable dreams, venting that shit out. And then learning to love yourself on the other end of it. It's not as hard as you think. It only takes, few, you know, four hours a month is therapy. It's not even full hours or 50 minutes, 200 minutes a month. It's not that much and you could change your whole life. So if you are in a position where you need to let go of some things and you need professional help, 200 minutes a month, it's it's it. it's a good commitment. It's the best investment you will ever make in yourself so there you have it Um, let's go over to space weather and before I get into this I did want to say happy birthday to my beloved son my youngest Virgil or Aristotle I think he's going by today he was going by his middle name for a while but my, my youngest son Virgil is 19 years old today I can't hardly believe it myself I'm very proud of him. He's out there, you know, getting that bag every week. He is making money. He is living in San Francisco. He's actually living the dream. He's starting to anyway. And I just wanted to wish him well, if he's listening to this, I don't think he listens on Mondays because he doesn't listen to the books, but I love my son very much. And, um, I just wanted to mention it because I told him (laughs) <laughs> on his instant in time, but I am officially making it a part of my show. <laughs> and by the way, um, this person, I'm not going to say her name because she told me it, this story privately and I'm not going to give a lot of details, but she told me that she had a shadow person, not a ghost, a black shadow walk through her living room nonchalantly thinking she couldn't see him. She thought it was a him looked like a man. And she said, Hey, what you doing? You know, what are you doing in my house? And he kind of looked and Oh, uh, then walked back from where he came back into like farther, deeper, deeper into her house. And she's like, I'm sorry, you're not allowed here. Get out of my house, please. This is my house need you to leave. (laughs) And, and he went out the front door and then she said the next night she saw, um, an orb, but it felt very like a different energy, like loving and accepting kind of energy. And she said, well, you could come over here and sit with me while I watch TV. And it did, it came and sat like it just hovered above her couch next to her. Might've been one of her, you know, ancestors or someone who died in her family, or her holy guardian angel, I don't know, might have been a fae, a fairy folk, but she said something that really struck me. And that's, I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more of these things as we go through this shift. And she's right, as we go through the shift from the third dimension to the fifth dimension, we're gonna see a lot of fourth dimensional things, a lot of inter dimensional things and you got to just stay on point, you know? And if you're a healed person, you're not going to be attracting the bullshit. You know, you're not going to be attracting demons and making excuses for why you can't do 30 minutes of research from an unhealed point of view, you know, (laughs) because you know, it's just, yeah, you know, heal yourself. You owe it to yourself to heal yourself. Your parents screwed you up. Sure. Everybody's parents does it wrong there. You don't come with a fucking manual. There's no manual in that afterbirth. I know I looked, <laughs> you know, I screwed my kids up a little bit. I did my very best and you know, they've heard other people's stories and they've said, you know, later, you know, you did it better than anyone else's story. I've heard I, you, I know you love me. I'm like, hey, I'm not super man or super mom, I guess. I just am who I am. And I was as hurt as you were when your dad did what he did. You know, he just kind of went crazy and got, you know, he abused us all. But, you know, brain cancer changes people and it is what it is. And he died and left us standing here holding the bag of crap that he left, <laughs> he left behind. And we had to go through that and, and sort it out and everything's okay. Now, you know, my kids are getting help and, and everything is working. And it's, um, in fact, my son, you know, I, he and I went to brainwave optimization therapy. My son is healed. My youngest, thank God he's healthy, strong and healthy. And my, my oldest is two now. So it it does work. It's fucking painful, but it's not nearly, it's only like 20% as painful as the experience you keep replaying in your head. Honestly, honestly, it's not nearly as painful as the shit that put you there in the first place. (laughs) I guarantee it. You'll find that out for yourself. And I just looked and it's 4444. So, oh, and I have 77% charge. Would you look at that? Oh my God, that angel numbers abound must mean that I'm on the right path and saying the right things. And I'm glad about that because I'm here to help you guys and I'm here to love you. And we're here to go through this. Beautiful shift this ascension together. All right, let's go to space weather news. Cause we're going to turn to the scientific aspect of what's happening in our world and see how we can relate it to the spiritual. That is what metaphysical is to me. And so here we go. The current solar wind speed is 375.1 kilometers per second. And what that tells me is what they promised was going to help was going to hit us like today and tomorrow did not. It did not hit us unless it did not hit us yet. We'll see if it comes tomorrow, but I don't know. Is it hitting us and popping us up a rung? And now we have somehow, you know, scientific amnesia that that was supposed to come and then didn't. I don't know. It's really, really freaky. It happened last week and now it's happening right now. It's very, very weird. Now, there's something here. I don't normally talk about the x-ray solar flares, the six hour max. It says, I don't know what that means, but it says a four and it says two, three, three, three. So we had an a four x-ray solar flare at the hour of two, three, three, three. And the 24 hour B one was at zero three, three, three UT time. So Oh my God, three, 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 again, double 333. Three, three. As I'm looking at this website, there's more angel numbers, but what is the explanation of the X-ray solar flares? We're going to go and I'm going to tell you guys what that means. So the classification of X-ray solar flares, a solar flare is an explosion on the sun that happens when energy stored in twisted magnetic fields, usually hovering above sunspots, is suddenly released. The flares produce a burst of radiation across the electromagnetic spectrum from radio waves to X-rays and gamma rays. Scientists classify solar flares from X-class, M-class to C-class. The X-class flares are big. They're major events that can trigger planet-wide Radio blackouts and long lasting radiation storms that's where we get the aurora borealis guys so that's how we know it's happening right that's how us with the untrained you know eye <laughs> can tell that it's happening and us without you know, the scientific instruments in our basement or garage right <laughs> M class flares are medium M for medium that makes sense X for extra large, I suppose um they can cause brief radio blackouts that affect earth's polar regions. Now, minor radiation storms follow an M class flare. Okay. But compared to M class and X class events, C class flares are small with very few noticeable consequences here on earth. So C class, you know, it might affect us emotionally maybe, but it doesn't affect like our radio our TVs don't go fuzzy for a minute. You know, nothing happens with M class. They do. And with X class, that's massive. I mean, an, the right kind of X class flare can really, really, you know, ruin our day and even our year. Um, now there is a B class, uh, flare, which is not explained here for some reason. And I don't know why, So I don't know what, what this means, but it's talking about the B class. So I'm going back. They're calling this solar flare alphabet soup. How cute is that? So I guess it says a four. I don't know what that means. It's x-ray solar flares. But anyway, something happened at 2333 and something happened again at 333 So I just, I saw that and I was like, what the hell? Angel numbers all over this scientific page, right? It's like, it's got to mean something or it doesn't. Sometimes it means nothing. It's just a weird coincidence. Um, So solar wind incoming, a large Southern hole in the sun's atmosphere is spewing solar wind towards earth and they expect it to arrive tomorrow and the next day. So maybe it's just an extra day late. I mean, it does say that it's 375 right now is the solar wind. So it sounds like it was on its way and they expected it over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, but then it wasn't expected until, you know, today and tomorrow. And now they're saying it's definitely going to be here tomorrow and the next day, but the solar wind speeds will top 500 kilometers per second, which is less than what we normally get. Usually it's in the 600s kilometers per second. So, all right, it will spark Aurora Borealis around the Arctic circle. And so if you're in that area, you're going to have a beautiful show. And if not, you can always look it up on YouTube. There's tons of people that put their, uh, Aurora Borealis, uh, pictures as well as their, um, movies, um, on, on YouTube. They've got some gorgeous, uh, things on there. I I don't like to watch them live, but there are the live streams. Usually they're very slow moving. Um, but sometimes you can see where someone uploads like a video of what they saw the night before. Oh, it's beautiful. So there is a SAR. If you want to see a picture of this above the beautiful turquoise green, um, Aurora Borealis, there's an S a R called a SAR. Um, this is, There were some pictures last week of this, and now here's another one that they're showing on spaceweather.com. In case you want to look at it, there's also some pretty uh, pale lavender. Aurora Aurora Borealis is um, over there, too. So right now, we only have one sunspot. It's provisionally numbered AR-2886. It's a brand-new baby sunspot emerging um, on the you know below the equator of the sun over to the um, left, and it appears to have a simple magnetic field that poses very little threat for solar flares. So nothing to worry about. That's the only one right now. The Ulu counts right now um, coming out of Ulu, uh, Finland, University. Uh, the neutron counts right now are very high, but in the past 48 hours they've gone down by 1.6 percent. I think in anticipation. Of that solar wind that will be incoming tomorrow. So, today on my son's birthday, the All Sky Fireball Network and NASA's All Sky cameras captured 14 fireballs over the United States. Seven were sporadic, five were Orionids, one was an Epsilon Geminid, and one was a Leonis Minorid. <laughs> so, there we have it 14 fireballs and Now we're going to turn to the Schumann Resonance News with DisclosureNews.it. They are basically saying that there was one spike and it was uh, Power 22. That is the Schumann Resonance. Normally, it's 7.83. So now it's about three times what it normally is. So in Italy, they might be feeling it a little bit. With that Schumann resonance spike. And now, when we go over to the Schumann resonance power uh, grid over here, the GCMS magnetometer on heartmath.org, we're going to see the recent update, the recent data that they have from Saturday at the 2300 hours, so like a day and some hours ago on October 16th in California, they were at 84 Hertz frequency in Lithuania. They were at 132 Hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 139 Hertz frequency and hope Saudi Arabia, as well as Northland, New Zealand were both at zero Hertz frequency. They will come up off the map soon. I'm sure of it. But last but not least is Hulului, South Africa at 300 down 42 hertz frequency. They are definitely feeling it in the southern part of the African continent. That is the Schumann resonance news um, for today. And that's it, guys. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we are going to continue our reading. Of the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ by Levi, right after this. Hey guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast well i have two solutions for this question number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to nine dollars and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime. or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zell bank to bank or through PayPal using my email mermaid girl 888 at gmail.com also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. So here we are in the Aquarian gospel of Jesus, the Christ written over a hundred years ago but taken from the original Akashic records that were written as Jesus lived his life. Actually we should call him Yeshua, his real name, but we could say Jesus because we all know who we're talking about, even though that's not technically his name. So I think it's 98% accurate. It's uh, basically as accurate as a person that was uh, trying to read the Akashic records. And I think, for the most part, they did a good job. It was a, a a couple, a man and a woman. And, um, one was reading the Akashic records while the other one took notes and they turned it into a book, which I don't know about you guys, but I think it's riveting. I love this book so much. Um, we're going to talk about how Jesus did some healing and, I wish, I mean, I was talking in the first uh, part of the show about healing my cat or at least taking away some of our energy and then channeling it out. But I was sick for a while until I could channel it all out. And, uh, Jesus didn't heal like that. He healed people in a matter of, uh, seconds or minutes. And that's a kind of healer that someday I wish to be, um, hopefully, um, I I can learn from him someday. I I will have to get in contact with him mentally and ask him about how to do it. I think I'm going to be channeling him on Wednesday for you guys. So maybe he'll talk about it then. (laughs) He is still alive. He lives in the Himalayan mountains uh, for the record. Um, If you uh, have not listened to all of the episodes, at least the first three books, that I read for you guys every Monday for, Oh, I'd have to say almost a year, maybe (laughs) year and a half, possibly. Um, the life and teaching of the masters of the far East is quite interesting. And if you're new to the show, you might want to go back and listen to, um, all of those because it's about, um, all of the ascended masters, including the great and glorious avatar known as Yeshua or, well, Jesus to the Western person. Uh, anyway, where we left off last time was Section 7, V-I-I, <laughs> known as Zain, Z-A-I-N, and it says, Life and Works of Jesus in Tibet and Western India. So, of course, this is... a you know, uh, when people say nobody knows what happened to Jesus during those lost years. Well, actually it's in this book, all of the lost years and it's in India <laughs> and Tibet. They didn't call him Jesus. A wasn't his name and B they had A, another name for him. And he went through, uh, different names in different places. I think you went by, I've heard Sananda is one of the names he went by. Esau E S a U is another uh, name he was given. So, I mean, he has been written about in many different countries, all the places he traveled to as a result of his very wealthy uncle who had a fleet of ships that uh, basically took him to all these places. Now why that's not in these Akashic records, I don't know why, but uh, a great historian, actually uncovered this. Um, I would have to say maybe 20 years ago. I heard about this, um, on of course, art bell, uh, Glenn. Oh, what is his name? Kimball, uh, Glenn Kimball, uh, wrote several books on what he uncovered. And he is an ancient manuscript, uh, archeologist. So you can check that out if you're interested. Um, in the life of Jesus which I find terribly fascinating and I hope you guys do too so anyway without further ado let's get on into this so chapter 36 Jesus in Lhasa. he meets Meng Tzi who aids him in reading the ancient manuscripts he goes to Ladakh heals a child relates the parable of the king's Son. In Lhasa of Tibet, there was a master's temple rich in manuscripts of ancient lore. The Indian sage had read these manuscripts and he revealed to Jesus many of the secret lessons they contained. But Jesus wished to read them for himself. Now, Meng Tsi, greatest. Sage of all the farther east was in this temple of Tibet. The path across Emotus Heights was difficult, but Jesus started on his way, and Vijapati sent with him a trusted guide. And Vijapati sent a message to Meng Tsi in which he told about the Hebrew sage and spoke for him. A welcome by the temple priests. Now after many days and perils great, the guide and Jesus reached the Lhasa temple in Tibet. And Mengsi opened wide the temple doors and all the priests and masters gave a welcome to the Hebrew sage. And Jesus had access to all the sacred manuscripts. And with the help of Meng Tsi, read them all. And Meng Tsi often talked with Jesus of the coming age and of the sacred service best adapted to the people of the age. In Lhasa, Jesus did not teach. When he had finished all his studies in the temple schools, he journeyed toward the west. In many villages, he tarried for a time and taught. At last he reached the pass and in the Ladakh city, lay L E H. He was received with favor by the monks, the merchants and the men of low estate. And in the monastery he abode and taught. And then he sought the common people in the marts of trade. And there he taught. Not far away a woman lived whose infant son was sick nigh unto death. The doctors had declared, There is no hope. The child must die. The woman heard that Jesus was a teacher sent from God, and she believed that he had power to heal her son. And so she clasped the dying infant in her arms and ran with haste and asked him, or asked to see the man of God. When Jesus saw her faith, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, "My Father God, let power divine overshadow me, and let the holy breath fill full this child, that it may live." And in the presence of the multitude, he laid his hand upon the child and said, "Good woman, you are blessed; your faith has saved your son. And then the child was well. The people were astonished, and they said, This surely is the Holy One made flesh. For man alone cannot rebuke a fever thus and save a child from death. Then many of the people brought their sick, and Jesus spoke the word, and they were healed. Among the Ludoks, Jesus tarried many days. He taught them how to heal, how sins are blotted out, and how to make on earth a heaven of joy. The people loved him for his words and works, and when he must depart, they grieved as children grieve when mother goes away. And on the morning, when he started on his way, the multitudes were there to press his hand. To them he spoke a parable. He said, a certain king so loved the people of his land that he sent forth his only son with precious gifts for all. The son went everywhere and scattered forth the gifts with lavish hand. But there were priests who ministered at shrines of foreign gods who were not pleased because the king did not through them bestow the gifts. And so they sought to cause the people all to hate the sun. They said, these gifts are not of any worth. They are but counterfeits. And so the people threw the precious gems and gold and silver into the streets. They caught the sun and beat him, spit upon him, drove him from their midst. The son resented not their insults and their cruelties but thus he prayed my father God forgive these creatures of Thy hand they are but slaves they know not what they do and while they yet were beating him he gave them food and blessed them with a boundless love in certain cities was the son received with joy and he would gladly have remained to bless the homes but he could not Terry, for he must carry gifts to everyone in all the king's domain and Jesus said my father God is king of all mankind and he has sent me forth with all the bounties of his matchless love and boundless wealth to all the people of all lands lo I must bear these gifts this water and this bread of life I go my way, but we will meet again, for in my fatherland is room for all. I will prepare a place for you. And Jesus raised his hand in silent benediction. Then he went his way. Chapter 37 <clears throat> Jesus is presented with a camel. He goes to Lahore, where he abides with a Janin, whom he teaches. Lesson of the Wandering Musicians Jesus Resumes His Journey A caravan of merchant men were journeying through the Kashmar Vale as Jesus passed that way and they were going to Lahore a city of the hand the five stream land the merchant men had heard the prophet speak had seen his mighty works in Leh. And were glad to see him once again. And when they knew that he was going to Lahore and then across the Sind through Persia and the farther west, and that he had no beast on which to ride, they freely gave to him a noble Bactrian beast, well saddled and equipped, and Jesus journeyed with the caravan. And when he reached Lahore, Ajanin and some other Brahmic priests received him with delight. Ajanin was a priest who came to Jesus in the nighttime in Benares many months before and heard his words of truth. And Jesus was Ajanin's guest. He taught Ajanin many things revealed to him the secrets of the healing art. He taught him how he could control the spirits of the air, the fire, the water and the earth. And he explained to him the secret doctrine of forgiveness and the blotting out of sins. One day a Jainan sat with Jesus in the temple porch, a band of wandering singers and musicians paused before the court to sing and play. Their music was most rich and delicate. And Jesus said, Among the high-bred people of the land, we hear no sweeter music than that these uncouth children of the wilderness bring here to us. From whence this talent and this power? In one short life, they surely could not gain such grace of voice, such knowledge of the laws of harmony and tone. Men call them prodig." Prodigies. There are no prodigies. All things result from natural law. These people are not young. A thousand years would not suffice to give them such divine expressiveness with such purity of voice and touch. Ten thousand years ago, these people mastered harmony. In days of old, they trod the busy thoroughfares of life and caught the melody of birds and played on harps of perfect form. And they have come again to learn still other lessons from the varied notes of manifests. These wandering people form a part of heaven's orchestra and in the land of perfect things, the very angels will delight to hear them play and sing. And Jesus taught the common people of Lahore. He healed their sick and showed to them the way to rise to better things by helpfulness. He said, we are not rich by what we get and hold. The only things we keep are those we give away. If you would live the perfect life, give forth your life in service for your kind and for the forms of life that men esteem the lower forms of life. But Jesus could not tarry longer in Lahore. He bade the priests and other friends farewell. Then he took his camel and he went his way toward the signed. Now we're already to section BIII or 8, otherwise known as Cheth, Life and Works of Jesus in Persia. Chapter 38. Jesus crosses Persia, teaches and heals in many places. Three Magian priests meet him as he nears Persepolis, Caspar, and two other Persian masters. Meet him in Persepolis. The seven masters sit in silence seven days. Hmm. This is getting interesting guys. And by the way, before we read this chapter, um, I hope you guys caught how Jesus said he heals. (laughs) Ha ha ha. He's working with the spirits, the fairy folk. Oh my gosh. The spirit of the air and of fire and of water and of earth. just, just keep that in mind he's working with the unseen forces. Now I've been working with them for a while and I never put two and two together. That is really, really strange and awesome that we learned that tonight. So keep it in mind and start working with these things. Okay. So here we go. Four and 20 years of age was Jesus when he entered Persia on his homeward way in many a hamlet town and neighborhood he paused a while and taught and healed the priests and ruling classes did not welcome him because he censured them for cruelty to those of low estate the common people followed him in throngs At times, the chiefs made bold to try to hinder him, forbidding him to teach or heal the sick, but he regarded not their angry threats. He taught and healed the sick. In time, he reached Persepolis, the city where the kings of Persia were entombed, the city of the learned magi Hor and Loon and Myrrh, the three wise men, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, spell those names for you, in case you are interested. So the learned magi, H O R Hor, whore, and Loon L U N, or Lun maybe, and Mer M E R. So these are the three wise men, who twenty and I'm sorry, two and twenty years before had seen the star of promise rise above Jerusalem who had journeyed to the West to find the newborn King and were the first to honor Jesus as the master of the age and gave him gifts of gold gum, thus and myrrh. Okay. Uh, I want to say something. They're saying that 22 years before they saw the thing and they saw the thing in the sky. I mean, sorry, sorry, the the star in the sky. And then they went to find Jesus, but Jesus was 24 years old. They say 4 and 20 was his age when he entered Persia. But in Persia, he went to go see these people where it says 22 years before. So they didn't show up when he was born. According to this, They showed up when he was like in his terrible twos. (laughs) I mean, maybe Jesus, he's Jesus. He's brother Yeshua. He probably had no terrible twos. He probably had terrific twos. (laughs) But I I just wanted to point that out, right? It, It sounds kind of odd, right? From what we were all taught our whole lives. Those of us who are raised Christian anyway, whether you're Christian or not. Isn't the point now, but like that's what what I was taught anyway. I just wanted to point that out. <clears throat> These Magi knew by ways that masters always know when Jesus neared Persepolis. And then they girt themselves and went to meet him on the way. And when they met a much a light much brighter than the light of day surrounded them and men who saw the four stand in the way declared they were transfigured seeming more like gods than men now Hor and loon were aged men and jesus placed them on his beast to ride into persepolis while he and myrrh led on the way and when they reached the magi's home they all rejoiced And Jesus told the thrilling story of his life and whore and loon and myrrh spoke not. They only looked to heaven and in their hearts. Praised God. Three wise men from the north were in Persepolis and they were Caspar, Zara and Melzone. And Caspar was the wisest master of the Magian land. These three were at the home of whore and loon and myrrh. When Jesus came for seven days, these seven men spoke not. They sat in silence in the council hall in close communion with the silent brotherhood. They sought for light for revelation and for power, the laws and precepts of the coming age required all the wisdom of the masters of the world. Can you guys imagine sitting around for seven days, not saying a word, and just spending your whole time seeking through meditation for light, revelation, and power to understand what's going on? Have you ever spent even one day like that? I encourage it. Start off with, you know, five minutes, <laughs> work your way up to an hour. You know, it's interesting the things that you uh, start to accumulate knowledge wise and energy wise and all kinds of wise. (laughs) It makes you wise. All right. So here we go. We're on chapter 39. Jesus attends a feast in Persepolis, speaks to the people, reviewing the Magi and philosophy, explains the origin of evil, spends the night in prayer a feast in honor of the Magian God was being held. And many men were gathered in Persepolis and on the great day of the feast, the ruling Magian master said within these sacred walls is Liberty. Whoever wills to speak may speak. And Jesus standing in the midst of all the people said, my brothers, sisters, children of our father, God, Most blessed are you among the sons of men today, because you have such just conceptions of the Holy One and man. Your purity in worship and in life is pleasing unto God, and to your master, Zarathustra, praise is due. We'll say you all. There is one God from whose great being there came forth the seven spirits that created heaven and earth and manifest unto the sons of men are these great spirits in the sun and moon and stars. But in your sacred books, we read that two among these seven are of superior strength. That one of these has created all the good and the other one created all that evil is. I pray you honored masters. Tell me how that evil can be born of that which is all good a magus rose and said, if you will answer me, your problem will be solved. We all do recognize the fact that evil is whatever is must have a cause. If God, the one made not this evil, then where is the God who did? And Jesus said, whatever God, the one has made is good. And like the first great cause I'm sorry, the great first cause the seven spirits are all good and everything that comes from their creative hands is good. Now all created things have colors, tones and forms their own, but certain tones through good and pure themselves, I'm sorry, Though good and pure themselves, when mixed, produce in harmonies, discordant tones. And certain things, though good and pure, when mixed, produce discordant things, yea, poisonous things, that men call evil things. So evil. Is the inharmonious blending of the colors, tones, or forms of good. Now, man is not all wise and yet has will his own. He has the power and he uses it to mix God's good things in a multitude of ways. And every day he makes discordant sounds and evil things. And every tone and form, be it of good or ill, becomes a living thing. A demon, a sprite, or spirit of a good and vicious kind. Man makes his devil thus, and then becomes afraid of him and flees. His devil is emboldened, follows him away, and casts him into torturing fires, the devil and the burning fires are both the works of man and none can put the fires out and dissipate the evil one, but man who made them both. Then Jesus stood aside and not a magus answered him. And he departed from the throng and went into a secret place to pray. Chapter 40. Jesus teaches the Magians Explains the silence and how to enter it. Caspar extols the wisdom of Jesus. Jesus teaches in the groves of Cyrus. Now, in the early morning, Jesus came again to teach and heal. A light not comprehended shone about as though some mighty spirit overshadowed him a just noted this and asked him privately to tell from whence his wisdom came and what the meaning of the light i think it means what is the meaning of the light it just and what the meaning of the light that doesn't it's not grammatically sensical so i think there is a tiny word missing there what is the meaning of the light <clears throat> And Jesus said, there is a silence where the soul may meet its God, and there the fount of wisdom is, and all who enter it are immersed in light and filled with wisdom, power, and wisdom, love and power. And the Magist said, tell me about this silence and this light that I may go there and there abide. And Jesus said, the silence is not circumscribed is not a place closed in with wall or Rocky steeps, nor guarded by the sword of man. Men carry with them all the time. The secret place where they may meet their God. It matters not where men abide on mountain top in deepest vale, in marks of trade or in the quiet home they may at once at any time fling wide the door and find the silence find the house of God it is within the soul one may not be so much disturbed by noise of business and the words and thoughts of men if he goes all alone into the valley or the mountain pass and when life's heavy load is pressing hard it is far better to go out and seek a quiet place to pray and meditate. The silence is the kingdom of the soul, which is not seen by human eyes. When in the silence, phantom forms may flit before the mind, but they are all subservient to the will. The master's soul may speak and they are gone. If you would find this silence of the soul, you must yourself prepare the way none, but the pure in heart may enter here and you must lay aside all tenseness of the mind, all business cares, all fears, all doubts and troubled thoughts. Your human will must be absorbed by the divine. Then you will come into a consciousness of holiness You are within the holy place and you will see upon a living shrine the candle of the Lord aflame. And when you see it burning there, look deep within the temple of your brain and you will see it all aglow. In every part from head to foot, all candles are in place, just waiting to be lighted by the flaming torch of love. And when you see the candles all aflame, just look. And you will see with eyes of soul, the waters of the fount of wisdom rushing on and you may drink and there abide. And then the curtains part and you are in the holiest of all where rests the ark of God, whose covering is the mercy seat. Fear not to lift the sacred board. The tables of the law are in the ark concealed. Take them and read them well, for they contain all precepts and commands that men will ever need. And in the ark, the magic wand of prophecy lies waiting for your hand. It is the key to all the hidden meanings of the present, future, past. And then behold, the manna there, the hidden bread of life, and he who eats shall never die. The cherubim have guarded well for every soul, this treasure box and whosoever will may enter in and find his own. Now Caspar heard the Hebrew master speak and he exclaimed, behold, the wisdom of the gods has come to men. And Jesus went his way. And in the sacred groves of Cyrus, where the multitudes were met, he taught and healed the sick. All right, there you go. Oh my gosh. And here we go. 33 minutes, 33 seconds in. There we go. 3333. Three, three, three. This is all very, very sacred information, guys. So let's go over that for a minute um, before we get to the next chapter. Okay, oh, I just looked at It's 3344. Woo, can't make this stuff up. <laughs> okay, um, let's see here uh, da, 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 da. he mentioned magic wand. I've always said Jesus was the greatest, uh, witch of all time <laughs> or warlord, not warlord, um, warlock <laughs> wizard, if you will. I don't see these words as negative at all, but, um, it's just another way of looking at, but he says the magic wand of prophecy lies waiting for your hand in the ark. So what did he say about the ark again? Um, So basically you just, you light your consciousness. When you, when you meditate enough, you keep your eyes closed, look up into your third eye, but with your eyes still closed, you're going to start to see like a light, like he's saying exactly like a a burning candle. It's like that color, kind of a pale yellow white. It's like golden white. And eventually it fills your whole uh, head. And eventually it fills your whole body. And um, you can step through that doorway. It becomes a doorway and you could walk through it and you can meet spiritual masters. I've been there. So it's interesting. You're within the Holy place. You see a living shrine, the candle of the Lord of flame. So when you see it inside your brain, he's saying that and you use your, your pineal gland but you look towards your, uh, the third eye part of your forehead. That's where your eyes should be looking. I mean, you could look your eyes backwards, you know, mentally, you know, into your pineal gland, but it's a little bit more strenuous on your actual physical eyes. Um, so when the curtains part, you're in the holiest of all where rests the ark of God, whose covering is the mercy seat. that is very interesting the tables of the law are in the ark concealed the tables of the law so books are there when you walk through i think i have seen those books but i know i've seen at least one book i remember one time but then when i came back i didn't really remember a whole lot i have i have left through that or at least through my crown chakra and i saw ascended masters standing around in robes and I couldn't see their faces, but I could feel their holiness. And I did see a book and I did, it was open to a specific page and I read the page and then I came back and now I don't remember what the page said. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So take them and read them well for they contain all precepts and commands that man will ever need. Hmm, very interesting. In the ark, the magic wand of prophecy lies waiting for your hand. Magic wand of prophecy lies waiting for your hand. It's the key to all the hidden meanings of the pres- present, future, past. Does that mean that you write it? <laughs> your present, future, and past? Maybe. And the manna there, the hidden bread of life, he who shall eat it shall never die. Hmm. Well, he himself hasn't died in 2,000 years. I'm guessing he ate a lot of that manna. What is manna? This is very interesting stuff. And the cherubim are there. They guarded well for every soul, this treasure box for every soul. That means you, that means me, that means all of us, whoever may enter in and find his own. That is very interesting. I'm going to have to meditate on this one for a while, guys. (laughs) I really am seeking here. I hope you guys are with me on this, that you're seeking and seeking and seeking. This is where our superhuman abilities come from. This is where we become Christ like, okay. I want to be like him. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely want to learn how to heal. Like if my cat got that sore, you know, a week ago, if I could have just, you know, did whatever Jesus does waved my hand over and boom, she's instantly healed. I could have saved her a lot of torture of giving her medicine every 12 hours and praying for her and putting in prayer requests at silent unity. I've sent them several prayer requests and the only prayer requests they've never answered are the ones about my cat. I'm assuming they're dog lovers. <laughs> I mean, all the other, I, I asked if they could pray for me that I can obtain uh, money to get the things I need in life. And they gave me a, a immediately they sent me a letter a- a same thing. I, I asked for the love of my life to come my way. They sent me a letter. <laughs> and then the third thing they asked for, I can't remember what it is at this moment. Um, anyway, they sent me a letter about it. You know, two things, two times I've asked about my cat and they never sent me a letter. And they said, if you don't get a letter, Confirmation It's like a form letter. If you don't get a confirmation, then go ahead and re put it in. Like, do people just not want to pray for my cat? <laughs> I think that they maybe just didn't send it to me and they did pray for my cat because she did get better within an hour though. I will say that. And and by the way, um, the power of prayer, even if you're an atheist, prayer does work. Larry Dosi did many studies on it. So just bringing that up. All right. I'm going to read this next chapter and we may stop. Let me see. I'm going to go skip ahead. Oh yeah, actually we're going to stop after this chapter. So, and we'll start with section nine next time. Very, very interesting stuff. This all right. Chapter 41, Jesus stands by a healing fountain reveals the fact that faith is the potent factor in healing And many are healed by faith. A little child teaches a great lesson of faith. A flowing spring that people called the healing fount was near Persepolis. And all the people thought that at a certain time of year, their deity came down and gave a virtue to the waters of the fount and that the sick who then would plunge into the fount and wash would be made whole about the fount. A multitude of people were in waiting for the Holy one to come and potentize the waters of the fount, the blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb, and those obsessed were there. And Jesus standing in the midst of them exclaimed, behold the spring of life. Hold on. The cat is jumping on the computer. (laughs) Hold on. All right. Had to hold the baby for a minute. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Okay. She wanted a lot of hugs and I gave them to her. All right. So the people that were there, the blind, the lame, the deaf, the dumb, and those obsessed were there. And Jesus standing in the midst of them exclaimed, behold, the spring of life, these waters that will fail are honored as the special blessing of your God from whence do healing virtues come. Why is your God so partial with his gifts? Why does he bless this spring today and then tomorrow take his blessings all away? A deity of power could fill these waters full of healing virtue every day. Hear me, you sick disconsolate. The virtue of this fount is not a special gift of God. Faith is the healing power of every drop of all the waters of the spring. He who believes with all his heart, that he will be made whole by washing in this fount will be made whole when he was washed and he may wash at any time. Let everyone who has this faith in God and in himself plunge in these waters now and wash. And many of the people plunged into the crystal fount and they were healed. And then there was a rush for all the people were inspired with faith and each one strove to be among the first to wash lest all the virtue be absorbed. And Jesus saw a little child, weak, faint and helpless sitting all alone beyond the surging crowd. And there was none to help her to the fount. And Jesus said, my little one, why do you sit and wait? Why, why not arise and hasten to the fount and wash and be made well? The child replied, I need not haste. The blessings of my father in the sky are measured not in tiny cups. They never fail. Their virtues are the same forevermore. When these whose faith is weak and must haste to wash for fear, their faith will fail. Have all been cured, these waters will be just as powerful for me. Then I can go and stay a long, long time within the blessed waters of the spring. And Jesus said, Behold, a master soul. She came to earth to teach to men the power of faith. And then he lifted up the child and said, Why wait for anything? The very air we breathe is filled with balm of life. Breathe in this balm of life in faith and be made whole. The child breathed in the balm of life in faith and she was well. Did you hear that knowledge? All you need to do is breathe in really deep, dude. Hey, knowledge. Breathe in with faith. You will be made whole. Her, her head is completely turned away from me. <laughs> As if on purpose. <laughs> I told her earlier if by her faith she asked God to help her and she gave me kitty kisses and, and she looked very deeply into my eyes when I told her that. I think she believed me. So I'm going to have to check her sore later. Maybe she's already better. All right, here we go. Um, The people marveled much at what they heard and saw. They said, this man must surely be the God of health made flesh. And Jesus said, the fount of life is not a little pool. It is as wide as are the spaces of the heavens. The waters of the fount are love. The potency is faith. And he who plunges deep into the living springs in living faith may wash away his guilt and be made whole and freed from sin. So there you go. Um, That's it. Next week, we will start back up with section nine. And this includes the life and works of Jesus in Assyria. I wonder if that's just Syria now. It's spelled like the country Syria with a s in front of it. Very, very interesting. I I wanted I want to look up some of these places in Persia. It's very interesting. Zarustra. You guys have heard of this, right? Zarustra. Ray, if you're listening, I'm sure you're going to look this up for me when you get a moment. I hope you're doing well. I haven't heard from you in a while, by the way. I'm sure you're listening to this, though, for sure, because this is your favorite book. <laughs> so far, it's it's on my top three list, for sure. Um, maybe even my top two. I would have to say all the life and teachings of the Masters of the Far East so far are my favorites. Book four of that one, by the way, guys, is a workbook. And I have not yet made the decision or not uh, whether I want to read it for you guys, because it's a little bit different format than the rest of them. And I may do it. I may not. That's why I took a break, and I'm reading this book for you guys instead. But it's all very interesting stuff, man. (laughs) Oh, God. I do believe that demons are real. I do believe that the negative thoughts that people have, the consistent negative thoughts that they project out into the world because they're unhealed become negative thought forms and they take on after a while a life of their own. And they do affect the spirits of nature. And when people try to control spirits of nature in a negative way in a way that goes against their genuine loving nature when you know God made the spirits to be filled with love and and with integrity and when people try to uh conduct uh black magic to make these spirits go against their beloved loving nature and when people try to uh control them for their own means, especially when they're negative, um, they become very, very unruly. I have seen it with my own eyes. Uh, my old neighbor, this happened to him in his house. He was screaming his head off and my, um, husband and I ran out. And he's like, he was standing in the yard freaking out. And he said, I can't believe they sent this and, and we were like, What are you who's they and what are you talking about? We thought he was just drunk or something. <laughs> and you know, I maybe mean, he's just high again. I don't know. And we went in there and his house was a shambles. It was crazy. And he was like, They sent this um being after me. And um he explained that it was a nature spirit, an elemental elemental, who was uh the, the government agents had, um, controlled. And this is part of what they did in the project, um, that he had worked on when he was younger, the, uh, um, remote viewing project. And one of the things that they tried to do was control the elements. And, um, they sent one his way to mess because he was, I don't know what he was doing. He did something that made them mad and they remote viewed him the the guys that were currently in the program he had been out of the program for a while and they had sent this uh, elemental after him and it caused a tornado inside of his house and I mean it was a am- he he was like I just cleaned my house this morning my wife is gonna kill me when when she gets home from work look at this place there was like beer cans in his fish tank. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I had, I had a beer and he had like a beer and a soda and they were both in the fish tank. The, the, like the empty cans. He's like, I'm so mad. My poor fish. Oh my God. And so we kind of helped him clean up a little bit and calmed him down. I mean, it's just like his books, everything was knocked over things. Furniture was knocked over. It was crazy. So, um, you know, you could take a basic normal elemental and turn it into what you could easily describe as a demon um, or little devil just by trying to control it in a wicked manner. And it becomes wicked because you put that energy into it and there it is. Right. And um, it was pretty bad. So people can absolutely create demons or devils in this way. In these ways, in both of these ways that I, that I talked about a negative thought form, it kind of goes away from you out into the world towards the intended target. And when it doesn't reach or the person sends it back, it comes back and then you give it power and then it goes away. And then eventually it just starts to haunt you as a negative thought form. But it became, it takes on a life of its own. We cannot help but give life because we have the life of God within us, right So um, over the years I've had many different instances. I've probably talked about them all at one point or another of the last three years during doing this show over the last uh, well, four seasons um, of metaphysical Soul speak the podcast. but when Jesus is saying that, I think that's what he means. Now there are demons that are fallen angels that chose to go against God. I believe going against nature of what God intended is evil. It stops life or live evil spelled backwards as live live. It stops nature from living. It stops the nature of God, you know, to go against God and, and deny God and all of that. And that's what the angels um, that fell and became demons. That's what they did. They went against living. They became evil. Right. And a lot of them are turning back. A lot of them are, um, trying to get their angel wings back. And <laughs> Basically they don't want to be that anymore they don't want to go against themselves anymore because their own internal nature is to be good on God's side filled with love filled with life and the natural laws shall be restored amen as they say but i um wanted to bring that up because of what Jesus said in this text in this context and i did want to concur exactly with what he said Like we are mini creators broken off pieces or shards or whatever of the big, big, big crater, you know, and, but he's inside of us as well. God is inside. It's like we have our own temple, our Holy temple inside. And when you go into that temple and you enter in through meditation and prayer, you can contact God directly and you can work with that energy directly as well. But, um, I don't know. Hopefully that clarified that part of it. If that, if that did or didn't make any sense, I know some of you will probably be contacting me in the next two days about this. Like, okay, so let's have a conversation. So there it is. That's it. <laughs> oh, I looked at was 54, 54, right. And then right after, of course, 54, 55 into this part. So that's it. I uh, just wanted to get this out to you at a decent hour tonight. I gotta go give little Miss Pris her medicine for the night. <laughs> I know she's not happy about these moments with me. <laughs> the other moment she's okay with. I'm glad we got our little cuddle in before I get the little penicillin in. <laughs> it's so hard. Uh, anyway, uh, wish me luck and I'm gonna check her sore. I'll let you guys know her progress tomorrow. Anyway, I love you guys. I love all of you. And I hope that you uh, commit to healing those parts of you that need healing. And remember, by your faith, you are made well. You can do this. And I have faith in you. So um, that's it. Uh, Let me know if you want um, a reading done. I still have a couple left uh, this week to finish up. But um, let me know. Uh, Contact me at mermaidgirl888. And um, if you need anything, I can, you know, channeling basically uh, anyone for you. just let me know. So that's it for now. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace.